chainsaw. There's a couple teenagers running around last night during the youth activity going (laughs) they couldn't forget about it and I don't think we have either. What a great message that was last night. We're looking forward to the message this evening. Brother Moon, you come as soon as the ladies are done. Thank you, preacher.
was good. Thank you, ladies, so much. Music's just been great. You know what? Usually when a uh, guest speaker comes, a lot of times they have a table set up outside and they sell uh, different things at the table. I will have one set up after church. Uh, Brother Keith and I have put together a CD. It's called... <laughs> Why are you laughing? And it, I mean, I mean it's, it's called Bright, Brighten Your Day with Keith and Ricky. And it's, it's a fabulous CD. It's, it's worth every dime you pay for it. And uh, what I'll, I'll tell you, we don't sell them for 15 bucks. Ours are $50 a CD. You say, why are they so expensive? Because they're very rare. <laughs> Something rare costs a lot of money. So uh, we will have that table set up, I'm sure, out there if we can get it. Can you get, make sure, Brother Keith, that gets taken care of and our CD gets out? I, I know you haven't told anybody. It's been a secret, and we, we'll spring it on them tonight. But uh, anyway... Somebody told me that about Brother Keith singing. Here's what they said. They said, God loves a cheerful noise, you know. It's just a noise, a cheerful noise. And, uh, but uh, he does make a joyful, joyful is what the Bible says, joyful noise. And he does make a joyful noise is what I've heard. I don't know. I've always tried to stay away from him when he was really singing. But God's been good. It's good to see you back. Did you, uh, did you go to that beard to go hunting or something? Pardon me? You did? Okay, good. What'd you, what, did you kill anything? No, I didn't. Okay, I, I can see why. Anyway, but God sure is good. <laughs> see, I don't care what y'all say about Keith. It's probably true. All right? Uh, but uh, if, you, <laughs> if you have your Bibles, open them with me, if you would, to the book of Acts, chapter number 27. Acts chapter 27. Brother Josh, that's in the uh, New Testament, right after the Gospels. The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so it's right after John, okay? just want to make sure you... I, I hate to see a guy like that over there. He's a college graduate over there flipping and flipping over in the Old Testament. Finally, you see him over there in the, in the index trying to figure out where in the world Acts is at. Don't laugh. I've had to do that a few times. <laughs> so have you. That's why you're laughing. And uh, so anyway... <laughs> All right, anyway, God sure is good. Uh, when I was uh, at Roanoke, they had uh, the competition between the children where they'd go to these, um, the, the kids, I forgot what it was called, but the kids would do, their, it was like they had sword drills at it, they had preaching, they had um, all kind of stuff, and Bible memory stuff, and so and they'd have books of the Bible. And those kids, and Hoover said the books of the Bible without leaving any out the fastest that was, was understandable would win. And those kids would go through it and they're like, Genesis and it'd be Revelation. I'm like, wow, somewhere in there, the, I, I, they must have got them all right. I, I, can't, I couldn't even keep up with them. Unbelievable. I'm thinking, okay, I'm still back there. I, I never even got to Haggai and they're already in Revelation. You know what I'm saying? Unbelievable. But I tell you what, God sure is good. And that was an exciting time and I'm sure glad the kids learned those things. I wish I'd learned them when I was their age. Wouldn't have been near as much trouble. Acts chapter 27 if you would please turn with me there, Acts chapter. I'm, I'm going to read a few verses. I'm not going to read it all. Start in verse number nine. Is where we're going to start. If you uh, don't mind, if you would, out of respect and honor for God's word, would you stand with me? Uh, if you're physically able, if you're not, then you please remain seated. I to- we totally understand. I totally understand. Ver- Lotus verse nine. And when much time was spent, and when selling was now dangerous, <clears throat> because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. 
and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the ladding and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the ship owner more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the most part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenicia and there to a winter, which is an, a haven of Crete and lieth toward the south, uh, west, and northwest. Now, this Eurocladon was a, was a tempestuous storm that came up. And they're out. I'm going to skip over a few verses for sake of time. And as they're out on the, uh, uh, the water here, uh, this storm comes up called Eurocladon. And uh, the ship is caught, verse 15, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain I, uh, island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come to, by the boat which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strike sail, and so were, uh, a strike sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the, of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Well, that'd be a sad place to be, wouldn't it? All hope was taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me and not loose from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For, those, the, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. That it shall be even as it was told me. And we're going to stop there and then I'll uh, use the rest of the story. But don't you notice that our text verse is found in that verse number 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. That it shall be even as it was told me. And let's pray. Father, help us tonight. Take the thoughts and use them to bring honor and glory to your name. Stir our hearts. God, convict me and convince me of things I need to change. And help me at the invitation time to make the, the changes I need to, Lord. And I pray for each person in this room. Lord, as we try to uh, come and preach the word of God, it will only be done if your Holy Spirit takes control. And then, Father, I know that we want to have revival, but we'll not have it until we're willing to yield our heart and our life to you and submit and surrender and say, God, whatever it is in my life that needs to be changed, change it tonight. God, make it so in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. By the way, I said it in my prayer, but we'll never have revival until we want revival. And it's not just say I want revival, but want it bad enough to do something about it. In this story I've just read, Paul is on a journey to Rome. He's been put on a ship now that sailed in verse 1. It said, we sailed into Italy. And then they were entered in and, uh, to a ship and launched out. And as they had come by, they, uh, they found a ship of Alexander sailing to Italy and put us there in, he says in verse 6. And then they, they sailed over to Crete. And when they got to Crete, they were there. And they, Paul said to them, really, you shouldn't go leave because it's just going to be hurt and harm to all of us. They didn't listen to him as we read a while ago, and they left. This storm...
called Eurachlodon, came up and it was so powerful and the winds were such and the, and the, and the storm was such that it hung over them for, and stayed there for several days and, and uh, for a good while and, and, and for days. Obviously, it says, because uh, verse 20 says, and neither sun nor stars in many days appeared. Many days. I don't know how many days. In fact, it was so bad that all hope that they would even live and be saved was all taken away. They'd come to a hopeless stage. It's very sad when you come to a hopeless thing in your life. Some people have medical problems and they come to a hopeless stage where, hey, there's no hope for me. It's over with. It's done. I read a, I saw a, a deal uh, back last year where the young lady, a uh, woman, uh, not an old woman, had cancer and knew she was going to die. And, and they allowed her to do it and she did assisted suicide. She took her own life because they had planned the day she was going to do it and actually went through with it and took her life and left her husband and her children. And they, they, just, they took the time and spent it together those last few days. I find it hard to understand, but that's what they did. All hope that she would ever live was taken away. When all hope's taken away, really, there's nothing else you can do. But Paul came to him in the midst of this, and he said, first of all, you should have listened to me. We should have never left Crete. But tonight, the angel of God came to me, and the angel of God told me, everybody's going to be all right. Look what he says. We're all going to be safe. Man's life will not. And he said, and uh, because I'm going to go to Caesar and God's told me that. And uh, I got to get there. And he says, then he says in verse 25, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. I believe God. Then the Bible says that as it went on, they, uh, they cast upon a certain island, stayed there for a while, uh, or was going to stay there. They saw an island, and then they they cast they they sounded out, and it was uh, twenty fathoms, and then fifteen, and then uh, fearing lest they should be bro- the ship would be broken on the rocks, they cast out four anchors. And the Bible says, and then some of the shipmen were going to leave and flee the ship. And the Bible says that as they did, uh, they said, "You better not do that." Paul said, "Except you abide in the ship, you cannot be saved." So they cut the ropes of the boat they were going to go down in and let her fall. And then Paul said to them, "Look." Y'all, you've fasted, you've done without long enough, there's food here, let's eat. And they ate. When they got on, the Bible says this. It said, then were they all of good cheer, verse 36, and they also took some meat. <clears throat> and there was uh, 276, 203 scored, 16 souls, 276 of them in the ship. When they'd eaten, they lightened the boat and cast out all the wheat and the rest of it into the sea. And then they found a little creek there toward the shore of that, that island, and they, they tried to make it up it. When they did, the forefront of the, of the ship stuck fast, wouldn't move, there was move, wouldn't move, and the winds whipped on the behinder part, the back part of the ship, till it broke it. The soldiers were going to kill all the prisoners, but because of Paul, uh, the uh, centurions, they told them, no, we won't do that. Let's save Paul, so we'll save all of them. They said, jump in the water and swim to the shore. And the Bible says this, and they which could swim should cast themselves first to the sea and get to land. And the rest, verse 44 says, some on boards and some on broken pieces of ship. And so it came to pass that they all, they escaped all safe to land. So here's the story we're talking about tonight. But I want you to notice the part of the verse where it says, for I believe God. We sang a while ago, the choir did, beautiful rendition of the song, I believe God. It's amazing too, because I was talking to Brother Josh at lunchtime and I said, hey, I want to preach a sermon tonight that I preached years ago, and I haven't preached it in a long time. 
And I normally, like last night's sermon I preached, I preached twice before, once at Shawnee and once here. Sunday morning, sermon I preached, I preached no times. That was the first time I preached it. I don't like to necessarily just warm up a sermon and preach over it. Not that it's wrong, but I just don't. But I really felt God wanted me to preach this, I believe God. And he said, that's amazing, because we're going to sing tonight in church, I believe God. I don't think that's an accident. I think it was on purpose. I prayed. If he prayed like I think he did, then God said, okay, let's put those two together. But it's interesting. The word believe means to have faith. When I say I believe God, it means I have faith in God. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, if you would with me just a moment. Verse 11, uh, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance saying hope for, Devin's things not seen. For by it elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse 4. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he should he being dead should yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should, could, should not see death, and was found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, excuse me, that he pleased God. Verse 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, as we look at these heroes of the faith, and we go all the way down through this chapter, there's one thing about it. I want you to notice. Notice verse five, 4 again. By faith, Abel what? What would it say it with me? Abel? offered. Go to verse 5. By faith Enoch was translated. Go to verse number uh, 7. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen. What's the next word? Moved with fear and prepared an ark. Number, verse 8. By faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a certain place uh, should have to receive for inheritance. What's the next word? Obeyed and he went out not knowing where they went. Verse 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. You go down to verse number 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength. Now go down to verse number 17. By faith Abraham when he was tried, what? Offered up Isaac. Look at verse number 20. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Verse 21. By faith Jacob when he was dying blessed both the sons and worshipped. Verse 22. By faith Joseph when he had died made mention of his departing of the children of Israel and gave commandments concerning his bones. Verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months. Verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, what? Refused. Verse 25, choosing. Verse 27, by faith he forsook. Verse 28, through faith he kept. Verse 29, by faith they passed. Verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. Now, don't you notice something? Verse 33 says, who through faith subdued. Verse 34, quenched, escaped. Don't you notice something about that? Every time it mentions faith, there was always an action that followed it. Faith is not something that's dead. Faith is not an immovable object. Faith always produced a response 
or, shall we say, an act or a reaction or an action. You read it. Always. Always. Faith produced an action. Therefore, if we're going to try to define what faith is, if believe is to have faith, then faith, we have to come to the conclusion as we read this chapter, we compare Scripture with Scripture and look at a Bible definition of what faith is, then we've got to say that faith is really believing God to the degree that you obey Him or that that faith moves you to actions. Faith moves you to actions. Therefore, what I believe moves me to act or to actions. Only that which you really believe moves you to action. Illustration. Whose little boy is this right here? Is that yours? Can I borrow him a minute? Can you come here a minute, son? Would he, will he come up here? If he's too embarrassed, it's okay. Come here a minute. Your daddy will give you a five dollar bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Come here a minute. How old are you? Five? You know what? I was five one time, too. It's hard to believe. And then it was all downhill after that. Five years old. What's your name? Daniel. Daniel. Beautiful name. Wonderful name. Do they call you Daniel or they shorten it to Dan or Danny? You don't know? They just say, hey, you, come here, don't they? Something like that? Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, well, I was treated the same way. I'll stop that before I get in trouble <laughs> with his parents and they shoot me after church. Um, but Daniel, now, you're, you, you, are the parents here? Right? If Daniel, wouldn't matter if he was his parents or not, but especially if he's his parents. Let's say Daniel gets to playing ball and the ball is going out in the road and he's so into the game, he doesn't even pay attention to where it's at and he runs out in the road. And we see him going out in that road. I see him and I go, Daniel, you know what's going to happen? Here comes the car. Daniel's going to get run over. I'll declare. <laughs> well, I guess he won't run out in the road next time, will he? <laughs> You'd say, that's stupid. You're, I'm sorry. That's dumb. Sorry, I have children here. <laughs> and that would be dumb. You know what any of us would do, especially mom and dad? Daniel, get over here! Get out of the road before you get run over! And if I had to, we'd dive out there in the road and jerk him out of the way. Why? Because we believe that he gets run over, he'll get killed. We believe that, and we love him, and we don't want that to happen. So no matter what it takes, scream, holler, run out there, dive in the road, whatever it takes, we're going to get Daniel out of the road. We don't want Daniel to get run over. Because we believe if that car hits him, it's all over. And it would be. So because we believe that, it moves us to do something to get him out of that road. Does it not? We wouldn't just leave him there and say, I believe he'll get run over. No, you don't. You don't really believe it unless you're going to, try, unless you're going to get him out of the road. If you really believe he's going to get run over, you're going to take everything within your power, within your ability to keep Daniel out of the road and get him out of the road before a car hits him. And it may even mean if you get him out of the road and he starts to do it again, discipline him for it. Say, boy, don't you ever go back out there again. Why? Because you want him to live. And you know with all your heart that if he goes out there, he's going to get killed. So because you believe that, you're going to try to keep this boy out of the road. And I don't blame you. I would too. But what kind of a guy would you be if you just let him get run over and said nothing and did nothing? 
Somebody came and said, well, what did you do about it? I didn't do anything. Didn't you think that card hit him? Oh, yeah, I believed it. I'd look at you and say, no, you don't believe that. You couldn't have believed that. You, if you really believed that, you'd have done something about it. If you really believed it, it would have moved you to action or to react. Would it not? Amen. Thank you, Daniel. You can go sad. We look at a young man like that and we say, yeah, I believe that. But we don't really believe it when it comes to God. I believe God. I believe God. I believe His Word is true. Do you? Because only what you really believe moves you to action. And sometimes I've caught myself saying, you know, God, I, I just don't believe you. I say I do and I want to, but I really don't. Because I did nothing about what you said I ought to do. Which proves I really didn't believe it. I would have done something about it. It would have moved me to action. Go back to our text, if you would, with me. Notice what he says here. Look at verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, I'm going to back up. Verse 23. For the, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. What's the next word? What's that next word? First word in verse 24. What is it? All right. Who did the saying? Paul or the angel? Where was the angel from? So God sent him and said, tell Paul this. So if it came from that God, whose word is it? God's. So here's God's instructions to Paul. Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Verse 23. I mean, verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God that it shall be, even since holding me. Now I want you to notice something. He said to him, this is what I want you to do. And he said, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. The angel of God told me what God wanted me to know. In other words, this was the word of God. God sent me his word and said, you're going to be okay. Be of good cheer. Tell them to be of good cheer. It's going to be okay. That was God's word. God's promise, if you would. And I say to you tonight, number one, I believe God's promise or I believe God's scriptures. We sang it a while ago. The choir rather did. Oh, I sang with them, so I guess it would be we a little bit. But they sang, I believe God's what? Word is true. You believe God's word is true? How many believe God's word is true? Amen. You believe the Bible is the word of God? Raise your hand. You believe the Bible is true? Raise your hand. You believe if God said it, then it's going to happen the way he said it is? Raise your hand. Yeah, we believe that, don't we? We say we do. But yet something comes up and we go, well, I just don't know if I can do that or not. I know God wants me to, but I just don't know if I can do that or not. Okay. Is that what God wants you to do? Is that what God said to do? For example, God says you're to live clean and pure. And we say, well, I, I, you don't understand. My job won't let me live the way y'all live. Oh, so you don't believe God's word's true, do you? How about this verse? And by the way, here's the deal on it. The, the deal is, is simply this. You know, sometimes we say we believe God, but we really don't. We say, I, I believe God. I believe God's word is true, but we really don't. So what we ought to do is just take God's word 
If we don't believe it, here's what, I, I tell you how you can get out of trouble. If you really don't believe it, just tear it out of the Bible and don't have it in there no more, and then it won't bother you. So let's say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. What is that? That's um, Philippians. Let me find Philippians. 4.13. Okay, good. I don't believe it's true anyway. Why even keep it in the Bible? You don't believe it anyway. Why keep it in there? Well, I believe that God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You don't understand. I'm all alone. There's nobody ever helped me. There's nobody with me. I feel all alone. I feel like I cannot accomplish anything for God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Just a second. There it is. 13, 5. Uh, it says, I will never leave thee. Hebrews 13, the last part of verse 5. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We don't need that neither. Just throw it away. I mean, after all, if you don't believe it, it's not going to move you to action. Why even keep it in your Bible? Just rip it out, tear it out, and then when you get to that part of the Bible, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. When's the last time you witnessed somebody? Well, I don't know that that works anymore. Okay. Doesn't work. Oh, there it is. We don't need that one. Get the whole page. Just take the ones around it too. But no, I'm, I don't believe it's God's Word. I'm not, I say I believe God's Word's true. I believe God keeps His promises. I believe what God says. But yet, I don't really believe what God says. I just say I believe what God says. It really doesn't move me to action. And all that which you really believe moves you to action. So if you're not going to do it, obviously there's no sense in having your Bible because it just makes you have to read something that you really don't believe anyway. I'm going to have people I've talked to say, well, I know that's what y'all say, but I'm not sure I believe that. Or what is it you don't believe? Okay, then let's go to that section of the Bible and let's just tear it out. After all, you don't believe it. We'll talk about, I've heard people say this, well, I know y'all say you're supposed to be separated. But I don't believe that. I haven't been convicted yet. Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter number six, verse seventeen. No sense to keep it in the Bible. Don't believe it anyway. It doesn't convict you. Why put it in there? See what we got to do is we got to get this Bible down to the size where we really believe it. I mean, we could take the Old Testament and tear about half of it out because, after all, that doesn't apply to me anyway. I'm not under the law, preacher. I've heard it all. What we say is I really don't believe the Bible. I believe his word is true. Ever promise? No, I don't. I don't believe ever promise. If I do, I don't act like it. See, this is where the rubber hits the road. What do you really believe? And some of you, you're saying, I don't think you ought to tear it out of the Bible. I, don't th- I think you ought to live it then. Either we live it or we tear it out. Because after all, what good does it do us if it's in there and we're not going to live it? We can stand up and say, bless God, I believe this book is God's Word. Every word, verbal, plenary, inspiration, word for word, every word's true. And then we go out and live like it's not. And we say, but I believe God's Word's true. Right now, some of you look at me like, I can't believe he's doing that. 
Be ye holy, even as I am holy. Oh, yeah, but that was, that's not done have anything to do with me. Let's find that one. First Peter, chapter number 6. Chapter number 1, verse 16. So, I don't believe you'll be holy. That doesn't apply to me. That was back in their day. I don't know. I just thought every one of it was. You see, some of you right now, you're bothered by it. Because you, did, you didn't see me take my Bible and put it down here and pick up this book that looks like a Bible, which is nothing but pages of empty with nothing on them. And so you were bothered. He's actually tearing the Bible apart. How could he do that? I didn't. But I made a point. You don't believe it, why don't we just tear it out? You say you believe it. I say I believe it. But let me ask you a question. Do I really believe it? Do I really? Or do I put it in categories and I say, I believe this, but I don't believe this. We would criticize other religions for that. They're no more wicked about it than we are. We do the exact same thing and justify why it's okay why we did it. Well, that doesn't apply to us today. If I've heard that, I don't know how many times I've heard it, we might as well rip most of the Bible out because that's, that's what we say. You see, I believe God said it. If God said it, is it real? For example, some of you heard me preach last night about the power of God. And you said, yeah, I know, but that really was for the apostles. Then why did he say he would give it to all of us? And when we say we're to be witnesses of him, you say, well, yeah, but that's not really pertaining to me. Well, then why did he tell us, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Either he meant it or he didn't mean it. You can't have both sides. You've got to say, I believe it, I don't believe it. You can't say, I believe it, and you don't do it. If Daniel was out on that road, I'm not going to say, I believe Daniel really is going to be killed while I stand on the side of the road and watch a car crush his body and do absolutely nothing about it. And yet I'll stand on the sidelines and watch people dying and going to hell day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and I don't even pass out one track. And I say I love Jesus? God help us. What are we, what are we doing? They're not, look, they're not going to get saved by osmosis. Somebody's got to go and tell. Ask your question. Get mad at me if you want to. When's the last time you at least passed out a track to somebody? Let's go. I'm at church every time the door's open. Wonderful. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Right. Amen. Brother Moon, they're all saved in the Akron area. Well, I witnessed the two of them today, and one of them's still not saved, and the other one got saved. And the other one didn't get saved. So I can tell you where one lost when I can give you a first name. Don't tell me everybody's saved. Don't tell me everybody's saved. But yet, what are we doing about it? People say, well, I believe somebody ought to go. For example, there'll be people come to this church, and if you didn't have a bus route, they'll say, well, Scott, I don't know why they shut a bus route down. I can't go to church that doesn't have a bus ministry. Wonderful. When are you going to be involved in it? Oh, I don't know. 
I, I'm not. Doc, I can't. I can't. Why? You mean you wouldn't go to church and have a bus ministry, yet you won't work on the bus ministry? Sir, two and two don't make four. If you're that burdened about it and wouldn't go to church because they didn't have it, you think in God's dear name you'd be in the middle of it trying to help build that bus route. Brother Moon, I cannot go to church where they don't do so-and-so. Are, are you doing anything about it? Well, no, I just can't go there if I don't. Well, you don't really believe that. That's just an excuse you make to pacify and satisfy your desire to do what you want to do. You don't really believe that. Because that which you really believe moves you to action. We all agreed to that at the very beginning. They, the, you go back to Hebrews chapter 1, it moved them to action. What has your faith moved you to? You can't say you believe it and do nothing about it. I believe hell's hot. I believe people die without Christ are going there. Won't do anything. They run these buses and all spend all Sunday afternoon running buses and picking up boys and girls, bringing them in. Oh, those bus kids don't do anything but dirty up the bathrooms and tear stuff up. I don't know why we bring them in. Because there is a real hell and a real devil who wants to take them to hell. That's why we do it. Why do we spend all the money on Fill in the blank. Because there is a real hell. That's why. I believe God's promises are true. I believe God's plan is true. I believe God has a strategy. If you go back, now that I've made you mad, I'll, give you, I'll back off and let you catch your breath. Because I tore that Bible up. It wasn't really a Bible. It was Brad's notebook. He'd written a couple of things in front. I had to tear them out because wouldn't, you wouldn't want to read it, that's for sure. All right. Acts chapter 19, verse 21. Notice this. <clears throat> After these things were ended, Paul purposed in his spirit that he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. Now go to chapter 23, verse 11. Acts chapter 23, verse 11. And the night falling, the Lord stood by him and said, the Lord speaking, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified to me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. What's he saying? God had a plan for Paul's life, and his plan was for him to go to Rome. That's why that ship wasn't going to sink with Paul on it because Paul was going to Rome and God said, you're going to Rome. And when God says you're going to Rome, there ain't nobody, there ain't nobody, no thing, no nothing going to keep him from Rome because God said it. We sang a while ago, I'm on the winning side. You know why I'm on the winning side when it looks like we're losing? Because God said I'm on the winning side. I read Revelation. We win. The devil doesn't win. It may look like he's winning now, but the final page hadn't been written yet. The final chapter hasn't been lived out yet. We are on the winning side. And we're going to win. That's why you can be excited and happy. I win. 
Because I'm hooked to the right ship, brother. Jesus. Who is the conqueror and the victor. Brother Brad, he's not, the, just, he's not just the champion of love. He is love. I'll pass on it. Jesus never had a battle with the love. And the devil was fighting him and said, who's going to win? No, he was love. God is love. He wins. I believe God's promises. I believe God's plan. I believe God has a plan. God's plan for me was to be a preacher and a teacher. God's plan for you might be a deacon or a bus captain, a bus worker, a driver, a Sunday school worker, a soul winner for sure. Whatever God's plan is for your life, God's strategy for your life, then you should not stop doing it if it's your plan. And you should start doing it if you haven't started yet, if it's His plan. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. I believe God has the promises. I believe God's plan. Thirdly, I believe God's provision, God's supply. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Luke 6, 38. Given it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men given to your bosom. That is the Word of God. Yesterday, when you paid for my meal and several other people's meals, you were given to others. You know what God does? God says, watch this. And he starts giving back and packing it down, shaking it. When I was a boy, we used to pick cotton. And when those cotton bows get a rotten, you can't pick very much cotton in them old cotton fields back home. Most of you haven't even, never even seen cotton, right? Uh, but, uh, except in pictures. I worked in them cotton. We hand-picked cotton and cotton bowls. And we'd have a sack. I'd, I'd have a cotton sack. Nine-foot-long cotton sack. Have you ever seen them? Nine-foot-long cotton sack. I'd be pulling that cotton sack along. Putting, you put it in there, though, and then you'd have to, after a while, you'd get it up and you'd do like this and shake it to the bottom. Then you'd put some more in. Shake it to the bottom. And then what I would do is I'd go in and I'd take my foot and put it in there and Pack it down so I could get more in. I didn't want to go weigh it every, five, every little bit. So I'd pack that sack down with my foot and then take it back off, put it back over my shoulder and start picking again. Until I had it, when I got it full, picked it up, it was like, it just, it would barely bend. It was straight out. It was packed in there so good. Now, when I read this verse, I think about that cotton sack where I shook it down, shook it together, and packed it down and pressed it down. Now, let me read that verse again. And here's what I think of. I think of that cotton sack. Now, I'm out there and I'm giving. And then God says, Watch this, Ricky. And he takes, and here's what he does. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. It's shaken down. Pressed down. Packed down. Until it's so full that it's running over. That was the promise God made to me. And if I say I believe God, i got to believe that's true. And guess what? It's true. You know, some people, they're, they, they, well, I would give us away, but look what I could buy with it. Could you, what could you buy with that versus what you could buy with it? Running over. Think about that. So if you want to hang on to your little five bucks, hang on to it. 
you want to hang on your $10, hang on to it. Don't bother me. I'm going to get my 10 You know why? Amen. Running over. Go ahead. You're the loser. I'm not. I'm the winner, brother. You, if you can't, if, if, that's not the, if that's not the Word of God, then forget it. But it is the Word of God. And Ben's how I'm not going to tear it out. I'm just going to believe it. Yeah. Wherefore, sirs, Paul said, I believe God. He told me something. I believe he tells the truth. I believe God's not a liar. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. I believe God's supply. He supplied their food, their, their everything they needed there. He supplied them another thing that I believe too. I believe in God's protection and His security. Look what happened. Verse 39. I'm, I'm sorry, verse 30. Yeah, 39. And when it was day, they knew not that the land, uh, knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up anchors, they committed themselves in the sea and loosed the rudder bands and uh, hosted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. Falling to a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forefront stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, let, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion willing to save Paul, amen, willing to save Paul. Why? Because God said Paul was going to Rome, not dying in the, in the shipwreck or in that ship that was stuck. God said he's going to Rome. If God says he's going to Rome... All hell can't keep him out of Rome. All the demons of hell can't keep him out of Rome. None of us can keep it. No one can keep him out of Rome. Because God said he's going there. <coughs> Did you ever think of this? Now, it's not even in my notes. Do you know Peter, when he's there between those men in Acts, and they got him chained, and they got all the guards there, and he's asleep, and we say, how could he sleep? Because Jesus told him, you'll die when you're an old man. Do you know that? Jesus said, you'll die when you're old. Okay, he wasn't old. Let me say that again. Maybe it went over your head. <laughs> Jesus said, you can't die till you're old. He wasn't old. And if he believed Jesus, he was getting out. Say, how's he going to get out? Don't know, but I'm get he's getting out. Why? Because God said he wasn't going to die until he was old. Two and two makes four. Sunrise each sets in the west. God said it, that settles it. And guess what? He got out. Maybe that doesn't float your boat, but that floats my boat. Woo! I get excited. He was as secure in that jail. He was as secure as he could be. Why? Because God made a promise to him and God always keeps his promises and God's protection was there. His security was there. And watch this. God said, there'll be no loss of life if you stay in the ship. And they stayed in the ship. Now watch this. When the soldiers' council was to kill prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape, but the centurion willing to say, Paul kept them in their purpose, commanded that they which could swim first should cast themselves first in the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they, uh, that they escaped A-L-L all safe to land. How many? All. 
all 276. Amen. Not 275, not 274, but 276 made it to shore because God said they were going to shore. And he protected them. How many times have we been protected from danger, harm, sickness, heresy, false teaching in our lifetime? How many times have, one, have we been going down the road and we dozed off and got woke up right before we made a hit somebody? And a lot of us have been driving for years and had that to happen. Or had somebody say, hey, wake up, just as you were fixing to run off the road. And God protected you. I believe God. It shall be even as it was told unto me. That's why today when I talked to those people, I said, God said that if you would ask him to save you, he'll save you instantaneously and give you eternal life. And you can bank on it. You know why? Because God said it. That's why. For whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's many as received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God. That shall shall believe in thine heart that God has raised the dead. Thou shalt be saved. There's no other name given in heaven whereby you might be, must be saved. And on and on I could go. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoso believe him should not perish but have everlasting life. The gift of God is eternal life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not. These things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God. You may know that you have eternal life. And you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Guaranteed. How can you be so sure you're going to heaven? Right here. Right in that book. I believe God. I believe His Word is true. Now here's, here's the dilemma we find ourselves in. If this was really the Bible I'd torn up, which it's not, so you can get over and be mad at me. If this was really the Bible... How many pages would we literally have to tear out of here? Because we really don't believe it. We say we do. But let me remind you. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. Faith is believing God to the degree that it moves us to action or moves us to obey what God says to do. Get mad at me, but that's what the Bible says. Obey God. If you love me, keep my commandments. Watch this. We believe the doctor when he gives us a diagnosis, but not God. We put our faith in a man. And I, I, I go to doctors. I believe in doctors. But I believe in God before I believe in a doctor. They can be wrong. God's never wrong. We believe in our friends. My friend told me, so I believe it. What if your friend was mistaken? God's never mistaken. We watch it on TV. I know it's true. I saw it on TV. They had it on the news. I saw a video. Well, what if I doctored that video up? And this one's even more crazy. I know it's true. I saw it on the Internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I got, a, I got a beachfront I'll sell you in uh, <clears throat> Missouri. I don't think there's any beachfront. Maybe there is, so I'll take that back. Beachfront, I'll sell you in Arizona. How about that? Look, come on. Just because it's on the Internet doesn't mean it's true. It may be, but it may not be. 
But when it's in this book, it is true. So let me ask you, do you believe God? Yes, I do. Okay. Then the next step, the question is, then are you obeying what he tells you to do? Because if you really believe him, you'll obey him. You can't get out of it if you really believe it. If you fellows on this front row really believe there's a hell, you'll do something about it. You can't just sit back and say, yeah, I believe there's a hell. God is looking for a man, young man, to stand in the gap, make up the hay. You may be that man. Some of us are getting older. We won't be around long. Somewhere along the trail, you'll hear, Brother Moon passed away. It could be tomorrow. Somebody's got to step up to the plate, young man. Do the job. Maybe God has you for a time like this, like he had Esther. A time like this. Hmm? So what are we going to do? Some of you Hispanic young men. Somebody needs to stand up. We've got so many Spanish-speaking people in America that are going to hell. We can't reach them all here. It's all over the place. Somebody's got to step up to the plate that really believes the Bible and reach them. Maybe that's why God's got you under this man back here. That's why God, and they may, may not even be able to understand me, but that may be why they got, they, you're under that man and why he's to teach you and train you so you can go reach hundreds and thousands of people in the future. I believe God. I believe God. Paul said, Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. That shall be even as it was told unto me. Who was doing the telling? The angel. Who sent him? God. So whose message was it? God's. How do we know what God's message is? I'm glad you asked. I got it right here in my hand. Here's the message. Do you believe God? And if you don't, why don't you believe him? Why would you just discount what he says? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed.